Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Mitch Michaels here, and uh, it is an interesting time. We've got July 4th coming up. We've also got uh, the uh, unfortunate ending of the hockey season, but my guy Joe Crisali is here as we recap the 2022 Stanley Cup Final. Joe, the Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champs. They dethrone the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are going for a three-peat. And they do it on the road in Tampa. Joe, thanks for joining. Uh, hockey is over. And another prediction in your case is right. The Avs get the cup. Yeah, man. Uh, so it's, it's good to be right. But um, I think the right team got it this year. I do too. And I think that this series really, really just showcased like how gritty both these teams were. And we can get into it from the specifics of it which we will do in a second. But I think the big thing here is Colorado had to earn their Stanley Cup trophy. I know there was injuries galore, but that's part of the game. I think what happened here was Colorado facing adversity, which they didn't really face much throughout the course of the playoffs, 16-4. and four. But we can kind of work backwards. They lose, a big, they, they lose a big game to close out in front of their home fans, 3-1. Everybody's talking about going back to Tampa. Can Tampa come back 3-1 down? win their third cup, they're losing in that game. And then Colorado Stars showed up in the second period. They took that series and they controlled the third period. It wasn't going to be easy against the champs, regardless of how the injuries were. But Colorado, and we can go up and down the roster and and sing praises of a lot of players, but I start with this. Joe Sackick, in the last five years, since they were the worst team in the league, he built a team that has its stars, has its generational talent for sure. But the depth of this roster, and we saw it throughout the playoffs, Joe, it's amazing. Four solid lines that contribute deep blue line depth. I mean, they didn't really have many weaknesses, and the number of skill guys that they had and tough guys that they had really made the difference. Yeah, no, exactly like you said, from top to bottom, the the roster really, they kind of overmatched, I would say, even anywhere from the top line to to the fourth line, like, they any combination that they had out there was working for them. Um, they Avalanche kind of just pretty much felt like they they were a train that was coming full force that wasn't going to be stopped. And as much as Tampa Bay thought they had a chance of beating them, it almost kind of felt like fate at that point that the Avs were going to power through. I mean, they got some of the best players on the planet on their on their team. Um, and Back to what you were talking about adversity, where they had to deal with some things during the season. They lost one of their best players for a solid like month or two uh, towards the end of the year, middle to end of the season. They had Landeskog was out, um, and other people had to step up. And getting a guy like Kadri, and he had the best season of his career. So when you have guys that are coming out and doing things like that and um, putting their best foot forward, you're going to have an outcome like this, especially when you pair that with players like McKinnon and McCarr, who really has kind of taken on being the best defenseman in the league at this point. He really has. Uh, I guess we can start there with Kale McCarr. He wins the Norris Trophy, the Conn Smythe in the same year that's only been done by legends of the game. A guy like Bobby Orr comes to mind when he's done it multiple times, but he's also got a Calder trophy. Uh, The winning and the accolades aren't going to slow down anytime soon. Uh, I have to bring this up, and we can kind of talk about it because it didn't affect our teams, but fourth overall pick, 
So <laughs> Dallas, Philly, New Jersey. <laughs> it's a tough look right now. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I, I just I look at Kale McCarr and how he plays and we talk about the skill stuff, how good of a skater he is, but to me what I keep looking at is he's a one man breakout. I mean, you watch him in the playoffs and it's not so much that, you know, the skating and the passing and the running the power play, we all know that, but but when they're in danger in their own zone, he could just skate the puck out. He doesn't need any any help a lot of times. So what he's done and and his attitude and him just staying, you know, humble and not really, you know, getting getting the big ego on it on him has just been great. And also shout out to Devon Taves, another lopsided trade. The Devils kind of gave him away. And he's playing like a top ten defenseman in the league. That's two L's for the Devils right there. Taking Nico Hichier over uh, Makar. I was, that that draft that you're talking about, uh, Makar going for, you can't really fault Dallas. They got Miro Heskin in That's, there, but oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> are better. Nolan Patrick to Philly and Nico Hichier. Uh, above that that's that's pretty rough and obviously that's in hindsight but um like you said Makar he does it on both ends Mm -hmm. and there it's very rare to get a player that can contribute as well as he does on both ends of the ice and to be able to make the transition moves to get like you said he just is like all right I'm just gonna take this and then we're gonna go up and we're gonna score the dude was he had 28 goals 58 assists 86 points and his plus minus was 48 i mean there's not a there's not another player and not another defensive player outside of adam fox okay i was waiting for you to say that but even you would admit it's mccarr over fox right fox is great love him but fox is great mccarr is great i think they both bring the same type of quality and the same type of uh true but one guy does it a little bit better I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it. No, but you're, you're staying loyal to the Rangers, which I respect. But, yeah, Kale McCarr is one piece of this. And as far as the, the Avalanche blue line go, shout-out to Bo Byram, young kid stepping up, playing great uh, in the absence he of missed, Gilbert. That, that, poor, that Bo and Byram, man, he missed a lot of the season, too. And to come back in the playoffs and contribute the way he did was, yeah. was awesome. When Gilbert breaks his sternum against the Blues and, and Byram stepped up, I mean, that was as big a part as anything. Uh, I, I do have to, we, we've talked long enough without talking about Nathan McKinnon, though. You can <laughs> obviously make a case that he's probably the, if he's not the second best, he's in the running for second best player in the league behind Connor McDavid. Forwards, I want to you know classify. Uh, he hadn't really got, he hadn't gotten past the second round in his career drafted first overall in 2013. And this is a guy who stepped up again, slowish series. They were bottling him up, but he scores the goal to tie it in game six and, and really breaks through. And you hear all the things about him, Joe, that he's a heck of a leader, that he demands excellence, that he's built yeah. in the same mode as his mentor, Sidney Crosby, who kind of shaped the way he approaches the game. And this was a guy who wouldn't be denied in a lot of ways as well. For him to get this championship really speaks a lot about the fact that he's committed, and I think he is the kind of guy, Joe, that will probably take less money, like Crosby, like some of these other players, because you get the sense watching him that winning is the only thing that really matters. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too. I don't know if you saw. um, They get asked a million questions in the playoffs, obviously, but he was asked about um, being a legend and how he thought he was going to be viewed as, 
when his career came to an end, if he was going to be a legend or a Hall of Famer. And he said, legend. I'm just out here having fun. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, that's, it's true. And that's, what you, and that's what you want to hear from a player like him. That's, that's how, how great leaders are in the league. Um, so to have him contributing to that team, like you said, he's probably the second best player in the league behind McDavid. And, I mean, that's not, that's not, not saying a lot. Like, McDavid, we, we throw him praises any single time, every single time that we can. And I feel like we, we probably should be doing the same for McKinnon, especially now since he's the cup winner and <laughs> McDavid isn't. Um, yeah, but, true. And McKinnon's been there for the Avs whole career. Mm-hmm. He's, been, he's always been thought of as the next best player, the next best thing. And now I feel like he's kind of proven it. Like, hey. I've been here. I'm the leader of this team, and we got the cup. Yeah, uh, want to point out though, Connor McDavid still the leading scorer of the playoffs despite being out in the conference final. He finished with the most points. Uh, Kale McCarr was actually third, <laughs> so it went McDavid, Drysaddle one, two, McCarr third. So um, there you go. But no, you're you're right. I mean, McKinnon, Matthews, these guys, and and we know McDavid is great, but the fact that McKinnon has got a ring now. And he's hungry for more. And the fact that he plays the game with such a bruising style, he's a much bigger guy than people realize. And, you know, it's good to see. Last year in the playoffs, they get, they, they're up 2-0 against Vegas in the second round. They, they lose the next four. He's just despondent after. He says, I haven't won anything. I've been here so long. And, and now they have the cup. It's just remarkable to see. Uh, Joker Sally here on the Money Mitch Effect, uh, you know, looking at the rest of it, too. We have to give praise to Darcy Kemper because going into this cup, going into the playoffs and then all the way through, it, it had to be something to weigh on you mentally. There's all these pressures of being a goalie, but everybody said if they're going to lose, it's going to be because their goaltending is not that good. You know, you're going against the best in the world, all this stuff. And he had his moments. He actually got that stick in the eye in the first round against Nashville, which definitely bothered him well past the point of when he came back. But hey, look at what he did in that last game. Look at some of the performances he's had. I do want to give a shout out to Darcy Kemper, who's not by by accounts of what our standards are, Joe, an elite goalie, but he stepped up and he is now a Stanley Cup champion who gave up just one goal in a closeout game. He did what he had to do. But imagine being him. You go from four years, five years mm-hmm. uh, in Arizona. You go to Colorado, you win a cup. I mean, to be fair, he was in the playoffs one year with Arizona, but let's be real here. But you go from that kind of team to this kind of team, that kind of has to just amplify your talents and make you just a better player. And he's got Kale McCarr in front of him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he did have a great series, you know. Yeah. Two, five, seven, go out, ten wins, one shutout. Um he he did what he had to do to win, and like you said, not he's no uh, he's no Bennington in the playoffs, but yeah. Yeah. he he did he did the job. He really did. Uh, I can't praise this team enough. I mean, Nazem Kadri scoring that big OT winner in Game Four had thumb surgery. <laughs> he didn't even know it went in. Didn't even know the refs, the announcers, no one knew it went in. Uh, just looking at this team, I mean, Denver getting that title. Unfortunately, Joe, before your Nuggets and Broncos, but, you know, the Avalanche getting that parade. Uh, this team, I mean, we'll see what they can keep, but they're loaded right now. Obviously, Landeskog, Rotten, Comper on the depth. Who can they keep? Kadri may be gone. There might be guys taking less money. Nachuskin, who stepped up amazingly. Uh, Burakovsky, another one. 
I don't know what the roster is going to be. Obviously, they're going to lose some guys, which tends to happen in the salary cap era when you win titles. But that's always how. But we could see. I mean, this doesn't. This seems like there's more on deck on the table, more rings and cups potentially in there. This window is open, so I think we got to be ready for the Avalanche to at least be a factor for a long time to come. Yeah, for sure, definitely, definitely the window's open, and you always you always see. Uh, players leave teams in any league as far as like after championships and stuff. But um, the tricky part with the Avs is those players that could leave were the ones that kind of solidified what we were talking about the, at keeping um, their lines fluid. And, yeah. you know, same like, thing with Tampa, you, gotta, you know, same yeah, thing. They lose gotta, those guys. And if you lose those guys, then you don't have that balance throughout your roster. So, I mean, I think they'll be okay, though. They won the cup. We should just let them enjoy it, and then they can deal with what comes with it next year. I just, the one of the, absolutely, and I think one of the optimistic things could be wishful thinking on my part, just from the outside, but their star players, their best players, McKinnon and McCarr, seem like the kind of guys where money is not going to drive them to take the biggest contract and be the highest paid player. If they each take yeah. a little less, that's another guy that's on your lineup. And and I think they're kind of wired that way. So could be wrong, but that could be that could be huge. Uh we gotta talk about the uh the dethroned two time champs, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh they put up hell of a fight. I think winning Joe that game five in Colorado spoke volumes to who they were because they had every business to lie down in that game and uh they don't. And the injury list is what I wanted to talk about first. John Cooper said after game six that you guys don't even realize what was going on behind the locker room. The injury report came out. It was Braden Point, torn quad. Uh, Kucherov had a meniscus injury. Sorelli could barely even lift his arm up. There was AC joint sprains. You know, little little ligament tears here or there. But these guys are battlers, man. And I just, I, I really respect Tampa, even though I wasn't, you know, pulling for him that much in this series to get the third one. They went down to the bitter end. Yeah, I mean, we always see that after these playoff series, the type of injuries that these guys are dealing with are like things that you would have trouble just getting out of bed with, and they're playing in the cup final. So, like you said, definitely respect the hell out of them for that. Um, And winning that that game five really kind of made people question, like, oh, maybe this isn't automatically Colorado series. And obviously next game mm-hmm. happened to be, but they fought, man. They they weren't really a team that even in the beginning of the season, we knew that they were going to be good, but we were just like, are they really going to be fighting for three in a row here? And then they were, they came in and they got production out of pretty much everybody. And the main production and the most important production they got was out of my guy, Sergachev was scoring hey. the most important most yeah. important goals in the series in the, in that series and in the series before that. Yeah, so, I got a stat for you, uh, Joe. Sergachev, it's, 24 years old, 92 career playoff games. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Just great. I love to see it. Um, yeah, but they like said they they um, they really powered through, and I mean that had to suck. I couldn't imagine playing, be not being able to lift my arm above my head. I would probably not yeah. <laughs> but you know Stamkos led it for them yeah Kucherov great series everybody kind of just you know they just didn't they just didn't win they, they ran had, out they of, yeah series. they ran out of gas they were injured and I think there's a fatigue factor it has to 
it has to add up, you know, that there's fatigue in this situation and that, you know, you're going to have to recharge. I, I think, like, injuries aren't the excuse because everybody's dealing with them. You know, uh, I think it was Burakowski couldn't even put his skate into his put into his skate without medical help. So everybody's dealing with it. But I do think, though, that the injury bug and losing a guy like Braden Point, who's so clutch, was huge. Uh, Pat Maroon was going for his fourth cup, didn't get it. But he did get one of the best slashes after a goal I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I think the Lightning are another team. Their run's not over. I know they lost the they lost the players they lost already. Vasilevsky's still there. Kucherov, Stamkos still have more in the t- tank. Braden Point uh, is is also great when he gets back. I think the biggest thing for them is Palat. This guy, I mean, seventh round draft pick from the Czech Republic, and he's he was their most clutch player in the entire playoffs. Yeah, it seems to be when I play NHL. I score all my goals when if, ever, if ever, I'm ever the lightning. It seems to be Palat is the one that's potting yeah. for me. Yeah, he, he was he was huge for them. He's a gamer. Uh, unfortunately, Corey Perry goes 0 for 3 in the last three Stanley Cups. But, look, I just think Tampa is a model for consistency, and they know how to win, and they're a tough out. So I think the playoffs are going to be filled with them going forward and you know the east is kind of in this like weird transitional period your rangers are rising we don't know what to make of florida after they you know had the best regular season but got swept out of it uh and they got a new they got a new coach boston's in transition toronto it's the same story every year although i think you can look at this playoff run and be like if toronto draws anybody else they probably feel better but you know i think the east is is going to be open and, and i bring that up because if, if the conference is open, Tampa's going to throw their hat in the race and say, we have the experience, we believe in ourselves, and a best of seven. Yeah, they're definitely not a team that's going to go away by any means. Um, it, with it being as open as it's going to be, I mean, we think that now, but somehow, some way, it's always, you're always dealing with Boston, you're always dealing with Washington, Pittsburgh. I um, See, I think those teams might be, well, Case-by-case case basis, but Pittsburgh's going to lose some guys. Boston might be in, in you know, we'll see. I mean, the, their, their yeah, star players gonna, are getting older. You know, Pittsburgh's going to lose Crosby to the Kraken, and it's going to be <laughs> Sid the Squid, all right? <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> but That's good. I don't even know, like, are we are we talking Buffalo again? Like, are no, we, what road are we that. about to go down? We're not doing that. Uh, I made my mistake there. I've learned my lesson uh, for sure. But, no, I just think that you you need to see it first, right? You need to see some teams at least put series together, um, which is why you're always going to go with Tampa. I know you're bullish about the Rangers next year, though, and uh, they made that conference, you know, final run. We're up 2-0. Uh, just, yeah. The fact that they got as far as they did, mm-hmm. as unexpected as it was, um, it kind of just makes you have the expectation for next year. It's like, okay, clearly you, you have pieced something together right. here that right. that has capability. So mm-hmm. let's get it. My, my only thing, though, and this isn't even necessarily a knock, this is just kind of an observation of where they are with the money situation. Their roster is pretty much going to be their roster main piece-wise. So that means that the guys they have have to take that next step up, which can be done, obviously. But they're yeah. not really in a position anymore to get that big fish. The, you know what I mean? Like, their talent is there. So now it becomes a question of, will these guys, these young players in particular, take that next step? And if they do, they can win a Stanley Cup. I mean, it's, it's clearly there for them. But that's, well, that's the, the exactly. hardest piece. 
they do have to do some work on signing Cop and um, Vetrano and some of the other guys that they, they mm-hmm. brought over, but I think that that won't be as big of an issue. But like you said, um, they definitely need Lafreniere to step up. And he had a great playoffs. Mm-hmm. He, he potted some goals. Philip Hedel had a great playoff series um, at the end there. The only guy that's kind of got question marks around is Capococco. Um, but they have all the confidence in him. I mean, he didn't dress in that last game that they lost, but they have all the confidence in him and coming back next season and stepping it up. Um, and maybe that kid line won't be the kid line anymore. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be, we've got to come up with a different the, name the, for it, but maybe the it'll team be the line. line the, yeah. The, the adolescent line. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Yeah. Well, either, either way, either way, I think that there, you guys are in, a, in an exciting time. It's, it's always tough to make that next step though. Cause there's only two teams in the final and one team hoisting it. So, uh, but it looks good. The NHL season was a blast. Awesome. Matthews MVP, your guys, Shesterkin winning the Vesna. Um, and then the hall of fame. Not, cut. Yeah. Not all star wins. The Vesna doesn't make the all-star team. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Uh, the Hall of Fame class, which is all Canucks this year, it seems, along going the Sedin twins. So we got a nice yeah. little Vancouver Hall of Fame class, which is kind of good. They, uh, they needed that. They did. They did. That was a rough year for them. I still think there's talent there. I just don't know what's going on. And we can end with this. I get to root against Torts now because he's a Flyers coach. Oh, hell yeah. Both of us. <laughs> I know. We're united now. <laughs> we're united against we're, him. We're, we're united against him again. Well, Joe, I, I'm going to let you go here. This was a blast talking hockey on this uh, recap episode. Again, congrats to the Avalanche. Uh, do you have a, a way too early pick for next year who you think could be hoisting the cup? You can go Rangers or, you know, I'm not going to hold you to it. This isn't the official one. Just who do you no, think? No, this isn't official. I'll, yeah. go, I'll go Rangers right now. Okay, Rangers. I want to say like Edmonton if they can get a goalie, you know. You and Edmonton, man. They made the conference final, man. Like, they were there. And honestly, like, Colorado was a team possessed. You know, they swept. Rangers, Oilers. Is that where we're going? That to would be fun. The yeah. conference final teams. Yeah. Well, you know, the last time, you know, what happened the last time the Rangers played the Oilers? Any any notable goals in that game? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no? There wasn't, like, a guy going one-on-five and scoring? No, no. I don't recall. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, I would say... That's that's a good one. I mean, Rangers look good. I mean, we'll see with what Florida does if they can kind of overcome their hurdles. Carolina had a good run, but I, I can dig it. Rangers Oilers would be a fun one. McDavid in the Garden, God, you know, so good. Um, all right, hey, la- last thing, very last thing. Do you have your Aaron Judge tattoo yet? <laughs> no, thank you. No, he's hey. I know he does that. I know I know he puts that special feeling in you. You know. Like you're smitten with hey, him I'll, now I'll with what he's doing. And I bashed him. I was bashing him out just because he was throwing his name up there as if he's the best player in the league. And he's playing like it right now. So mm-hmm. good for him and good for the Yanks because without him playing the way he's playing, they're not where they are right now. So it's really, um, at this point, it's like, do the Yankees just pay him? But he won't. he won't talk about it. So... They kind of dug their grave there themselves, but it's going to suck if he goes anywhere else after this kind of season. But like, you know, if he's chasing money, he's chasing money, and that's how it goes. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I think they're going to lock him up. I, I don't think he leaves. I, I could be wrong here, but I think they're going to lock him up. Oh, you know, 55 and 20, man, with what he's done leading the league in home runs. I'm not, like, obviously not a Yankee fan and not, you know, into, into them winning another title. But, hey, I've, I've already kind of decided I'm in on a Subway World Series if that happens. Yeah, it's funny because I went to, um, I was in New York a couple weeks ago, and I went to a Yankee game, and I was riding the subway to the stadium. And I was listening to these people have a conversation about that and about what if there was a subway series and they were just like, one kid was like, man, that would be really great for baseball if that happened. And the other kid was like, actually, that would be really awful for baseball if that happened because it would be an all New York series and everyone else that doesn't live in New York hates New York. (laughs) So it would be good. People would tune in. I mean, they might not be a fan of, you know, <laughs> have a real rooting interest, but look, as much as we, as much as I might bash the Yankees, Yankees, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, like those two would be just insane, right? It would be totally insane, but do the Mets have it? Maybe. Tough question but to ask. It's a tough, it's tough because I mean, I grew up <laughs> over there, so I've seen the Mets do this and then just be the Mets, mm-hmm. which is possible. It's a possibility, but I've also seen the Yankees do this and then be also be the Mets. Yeah, so, true. um, the way that the Yankees have been over the last, what was the last time they won a series? 2009. So mm-hmm. all those playoff series in between, they seem to go to the wild card and they play the worst team and then they lose. But now they're at the top of the, packing order so we'll see how it plays out for them but um yankees in the world series versus anybody would be dope i my preseason my prediction yeah, what was, was it? Pa- Padre- I had padres series over uh i want to say i think it was the white Sox, which no. definitely is not happening but no. uh had a lot of kickback on padres oh you think the padres are any good like yeah, they're, yeah, <laughs> they're in, they're in, uh, they're up there in the West right now. Okay. So. All right. We'll see. But hey, go. I'm, hey, I'm just hoping the Guardians sneak into the playoffs and you know see what happens. They can. Yeah. They're just like just above a 500 team, so it's possible. Three games out of first in a pretty not good division, and you know you would love it if they took that last wild card from a team like Boston. Absolutely. I because Boston's just not very good. Yeah, but they, um, they've been on a tear recently, which is kind of different. And, you know, they – I don't know. I, I See, I'm all for new blood. Like, obviously, I like my team, Cleveland. But, like, I'm all for new blood. So, like, Toronto, sure, let's see what they can do. Anybody else but the Astros in the ALS, let's go. Uh, unfortunately – Get us together over there. Unfortunately, like, you keep picking the Mariners to end the streak and they can't make the playoffs. And the Angels, hey. it's like every stat line on the Angels is like, Otani, home run, Trout. Four for five, Angels lose 11-6, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah, the Mariners are definitely disappointing, and you can kind of feel it. it just It's just in the air up here. Like, they they yeah. came out at the beginning of the season, everyone was like, oh, this is the chance. I'll just tell you, though, that's the very last time I drink the teal Kool-Aid uh, yeah. provided by the Mariners. See, that's good. So, you're, on my, you're on my post-Buffalo plan, my Buffalo Sabres plan. <laughs> we could toss them in with them, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, but when you talk about the central, like we're all just waiting for the twins to collapse mm-hmm. because they're, they're kind of on borrowed time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Cleveland's got a shot. The White Sox are starting to spin it around. And that's funny you brought up the Angels because they did lose like 11 to four last night to the White Sox. It's like every game, but, dude. It's amazing. And home run in two doubles. It's but. amazing. <laughs> uh, and the, the, last thing, the last thing I just want to say is, because uh, I want to end this on a positive note for me, where does J-Ram Jose Ramirez rank on your like baseball play, like hitter list? It's got to be pretty uh, high up there. I honestly, I think he's the best. Oof. He's literally the best. I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> I put him over Judge. He's more oh. important to that team. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe they're probably equivalently important. But J-Ram, man, that guy every single year. And it's not just hitting. Like, he's just such a smart baseball player. And he steals bags. And he's great defensively. Like, the fact that he hasn't has he, he hasn't won MVP, right? Yeah, no, he hasn't he won t- it. He was in the finals the one, uh, a couple years ago. Every year. A guy that's in the like competing for that every single year. I mean, it's just absurd. And he doesn't look like a guy that hits 30 bombs and drives in a hundred runs, <laughs> no. but that's what he does. And he steals 20 last year, 27 yeah. stolen bases with 36 bombs, 103 ribbies. And he's already got 16 this year, 63 ribbies, 12 bags. Like the guy's unreal. And he's the greatest player that no one's talking about. I agree with all that. I uh, I also want to commend him for keeping the uh, tobacco industry in uh, <laughs> up to date with just the amount he consumes. But no, he's he's a great guy, uh, and the reason why the Indians are accomplishing much of anything is directly tied to him. What, so. team, what team was that? Yeah, I know. I messed up there. The Guardians. <laughs> whatever. This is going to be a tough habit to break. Have you not, have you not taken the the new name in full force? Because it doesn't look bad. The jerseys don't look bad. It's, it's, I'm kind of used to it by now. I it's, just don't know. If yeah, the jerseys don't look bad because the only reason they picked the name is for the IANS, so they didn't have to change them. Like that's, <laughs> that's to keep <laughs> the script, to keep the font. That was it. Yeah, that that was yeah. it. But hey, congrats to uh, you know Jose for another great year, Joe. Pleasure as always talking with you. We'll uh, we'll have to do the updated picks uh, in hockey when the next season starts. But thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate chatting with you. Yeah, for sure, man. Anytime. That was Joe Crisali on the Money Mitch Effect. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search Money Mitch Effect. It pops right up. And check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page for more content. We will be back next week to talk more sports. Wimbledon going on. Got some baseball, other news and notes, some UFC fights. You're not going to want to miss it. For Joe Crisali, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening, and keep enjoying sports.